Y'all, it's been a minute since I've been in a classroom, but uh, our teacher is okay right now. Right, so that footage was posted on Instagram by a Native American activist and businesswoman who said in the caption that a Native American student took the video during his math class at John W. North High School in Riverside, California, saying after several minutes of the teacher war hooping and tomahawk chopping, the student began filming. They're going on to urge people to share the video, saying the boy gave her permission to post it, and adding, we need to end abuse and discrimination against indigenous youth in schools. There is no excuse for this type of behavior. We're not in the 1960s anymore. She should know better. And so like a lot of people, I, I saw this video and I was, I was very confused, especially because in the caption it said it happened in a math class? Like, I thought this was maybe a history lesson that got really off the rails. And it appears that the teacher who's now been identified as Candace Reed was using a mnemonic device. That device being Sokotoa, which is supposed to help people remember sine, cosine, and tangent. And if you go to dummies.com, it explains, and they're sharing the story of what they say is the legend of an Indian chief named Sokotoa, and to over Simplify it, essentially a young brave keeps hurting his toe, and then he has to soak it in the water, so Soka Toa. But main thing, this video goes viral. It prompts a ton of backlash, many condemning the clip, calling it racist and offensive. But some saying they were also taught this mnemonic device by teachers who made similar offensive comparisons to Native Americans. But on the other side of this, we also saw people arguing that the teacher didn't mean to be offensive. She just didn't know better, right? Saying, hey, let's try and turn this into a learning opportunity. Though to that point, we saw people pushing back on that, responding by pointing out that that's the problem. Saying the ignorance and naivete is the hate. She's putting the Native American kids in jeopardy, let alone embarrassing and degrading them. Right? And so with that, I would love to know your thoughts on this story and what camp do you land? And while you're possibly letting me know your thoughts in the comments, I'll say two things. One, welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show, you beautiful bastard. Hit that like button. And two, as promised, if you didn't see it already this morning, I uploaded the rant that I had to take out of yesterday's show. I'll link to it down below. I personally think it's silly that I had to remove it, but you know, trying to ride the lines most effectively so I can get the news out to you. But that said, let's keep going. Then we should only talk about this very small company and this up and coming comedian in the news right now. You might know them, Netflix and Dave Chappelle. Right in the news and updates around the story still going strong, right? If you if you missed it, many have accused Chappelle's latest stand-up special of being transphobic. And for their part, Netflix co-CEO Ted Sarandos has defended Chappelle, saying that the company supports artistic freedom, suggesting that his remarks did not translate to real world harm, which ended up being a comment that sparked a lot of backlash. Sarandos himself then even telling uh, the Hollywood Reporter that he had screwed up his initial internal response to the controversy, though still standing by Dave Chappelle saying, we're not gonna remove this special. And so with that, you had a number of Netflix employees upset that the company was standing by this special saying, hey, you should be looking out for your own company's trans employees. With all that, bringing us to yesterday's walkout, right? It was organized by a trans employee resource group at Netflix, with the group releasing a PDF of its demands for the company, breaking it down into three core parts. The first being content investment with employees asking for a fund to help develop trans and non-binary talent, increase investment in trans content and creators, to revise the internal process on releasing potentially harmful content and to hire trans and non-binary executives in leadership roles. Then the second branch was employee relations and safety with them asking again for more trans people to be recruited to the company and for images and references of transphobic titles to be removed from the workplace. And the final branch, harm reduction with employees asking Netflix to acknowledge the harm that it caused from this incident and for a disclaimer to be added to transphobic titles flagging that it contains hate speech and for the company to promote more trans affirming titles on the platform. And when it comes to what happened at the walkout itself, you had a lot of speakers like Joey Soloway, the creator of the Amazon series Transparent, 
saying, this is gender violence. Sharing his outrage as comedic humiliation in front of thousands of people and then broadcasting it to hundreds of millions of people is infinitely amplified gender violence. I want trans representation on the Netflix board, a trans person on the effing Netflix board this fucking week. You also had the now former Netflix employee who was recently fired for allegedly leaking confidential information on the Chappelle special to the press. That employee B, Pagel's minor, has denied ever doing that and during the rally said, as many of you know, I'm 33 weeks pregnant. When I thought about why I was participating, it's that my son does not grow up with content that hates me. I want my child to grow up in a world where they see that their parent, a black trans person, because I exist, contrary to what the special says, contrary to what many people say, that I am valued and I am an important person as well. But also at this walkout, you had counter protesters showing up in support of Chappelle. With some reports noting that some carried signs that said jokes are funny and Netflix don't cancel free speech. Netflix also releasing a statement kind of in support of the walkout, saying we value our trans colleagues and allies and understand the deep hurt that's been caused. We respect the decision of any employee who chooses to walk out and recognize we have much more work to do within Netflix and in our content. And with this, while not at the walkout, we saw a lot of celebrities speaking up, Elliot Page, Dan Levy, a ton more. But on the other side of this, we've seen big names speaking out in support of Dave, people like Joe Rogan actually commenting on this on his podcast. It's just making jokes. That doesn't mean hate. This is the problem with today. If you don't have an enemy, you make an enemy. And this is a real problem with people. We, we, we look for things. When you start equating jokes with like real feelings, you, they're, they're, they're not the same thing. And then as far as what Chappelle himself is thinking right now, his reps just told TMZ that he would be interested in an open dialogue with Netflix employees if they extend the offer. Though that gets a little bit muddy because the organizer of the walkout apparently claims to have invited Dave to a discussion, but his team says that's not the case. But yeah, Dave is apparently open to talking this out if Netflix puts it on the table. And interestingly enough, this controversy has actually brought back an old Netflix controversy and it's being used by both sides. Or if you don't remember, there was a lot of controversy, backlash, outrage, when Netflix put out cuties. I can't go into detail on why that was a controversy, otherwise this video will get suppressed. But you have some saying it's interesting that you have Netflix employees walking out for this, but they didn't do it for that. But then on the other side, you have people saying, okay, wait, so you love Netflix now, but you were angry before about this. Though, to note, the, the controversies are different. But yeah, that's a story as it stands now. And of course, with this, I wanna pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts on this? Have they remained the same since uh, we initially talked about the controversy? Has it, has it changed since you've seen more things? Why, why not? Really, I'd just love to hear from you on this. But from that, I want to take a second to thank the fantastic sponsor of today's show, Mecarena. You know, Mecarena is the perfect game for people who love shooters but don't have the time to play like they used to. I can play two or three matches in less than 10 minutes and it's still a really fun game. The maps are really tight, built for fast action, tactics, and constant encounters. You can see how fast paced it is when kill shot and Lancer are in the action fighting. The matches are short and action packed. Seriously, I can play a game in just five minutes. There are also amazing daily welcome rewards all the way through the month and loads of events happening in game right now. Get a bunch of awesome weapons, including Mecarena's the disc launcher. And there's a ton of special Halloween events to take part in and extra special Halloween skins to win. And it's all completely free to play on Android and iOS. Just use my link down below or scan the QR code right here to get Desert Digital skin, 208 coins, and 10,000 credits to help kickstart your game. And if you're quick, you can add me onto friends and maybe we can play some matches together. Then, in potentially game-changing medical and science news, we need to talk about pigs. Right, so it's places like the Skim Note. In the United States alone, nearly 107,000 people are waiting for an organ transplant. And of those, 90,000 need a kidney. But there's just not enough of them and getting off that wait list can take an average of at least three years and 12 people die each day just waiting for a new one. And for decades now, scientists have been trying to find alternatives to human donors and boom, 
pigs. As it turns out, pigs have very similar organs to humans, but as the AP notes, the sugar in pig cells foreign to the human body causes immediate organ rejection. And so to overcome that, they edited the genes of a pig, making it so that that sugar was not there. They then took a kidney from that gene edited animal, and for the first time in human history, they successfully attached a pig kidney to a human. With the AP explaining some of the specifics, noting that the pig kidney was attached to a pair of large blood vessels outside the body of a deceased recipient so they could observe it for two days, and it did what it was supposed to do and did not trigger rejection. Dr. Robert Montgomery, who led the surgical team, said it had absolutely normal function. And notably, donation is a very important thing to Dr. Montgomery because he himself, three years ago, got a heart transplant. Now, of course, with this news, there are gonna be people pushing back saying, should we do this? Raising pigs to be organ donors, and I'm very biased on this because I have PKD, I'm very likely going to need a kidney in the future, but fuck yes. If we as a society are completely fine with raising and slaughtering pigs at a, just a, an absolutely insane scale, so we can make a sandwich taste better, Absolutely, if you can save lives. And if there's hope here where there has been none for tens and hundreds of thousands of people, we gotta take a chance. We gotta keep digging. PETA can go fuck itself. Or the world that feels dumber by the day, is that a controversial thing to choose a human over a pig? Yeah, massive breakthrough, very exciting. Something that could change so many lives and something we're gonna have to keep our eye on. Then, in promising COVID news, we've seen over the past two weeks a 22% drop in new cases, as well as COVID deaths dropping 14% over the same period, though uh, still you're talking about 1,600 people dying per day. Very notably, a lot of places that were getting absolutely hammered over the summer, places like Florida and Louisiana, actually now have some of the lowest numbers of new cases relative to their populations. But on the opposite side of those numbers, you have Alaska, Montana, and Idaho having the highest number of cases relative to their populations right now. Also, aiming to further knock those numbers down nationwide, we have the white House yesterday announcing that the administration has procured enough vaccine for 28 million children aged 5 to 11, and adding that the Department of Health and Human Services will be teaming up with over 100 children's hospital systems across the country to set up vaccination sites. You'll also be able to get them at tens of thousands of pharmacies. The administration also saying they're going to work to make the shots available at hundreds of schools and community health centers. Right, really all they're waiting for now is authorization from the FDA to do so. So yeah, if you thought those insane videos we've seen of school board meetings were going to be going away anytime soon, nope. The sequel is uh, just around the corner. The FDA's Independent Advisory Committee is expected to meet October 26th. The CDC's Independent Advisory Committee is set to meet November 2nd and 3rd. Also, of note for those who already got the vaccine, the FDA yesterday authorized boosters from Moderna and Johnson & Johnson as well as approving mixing and matching. And some specific things to note here. Under the Moderna authorization, people who got both Moderna and Pfizer can get the booster six months after completing their initial series if they are 65 and older at high risk of severe COVID or their work gives them increased exposure. That is almost identical to those being given the Pfizer booster, but the main difference is that Moderna's booster is half the dose of the initial shots, whereas Pfizer uses a third identical dose. And then with the J&J authorization, it's very different. With the FDA, they're approving all three boosters for any J&J recipients 18 and older two months after they receive the one shot. So it's kind of confusing. And if you're wondering, well, is there a recommendation for which booster I should get based on my first series? Uh, the answer right now is no. Though I will say the study that was used to back up this authorization did find that J&J recipients had a higher antibody boost for mixing either Moderna or Pfizer boosters. Now, notably here, the CDC, which determines vaccine recommendations, could issue more guidance on when and whether people should switch vaccine makers for their booster shots. In fact, the CDC panel is meeting today to discuss the new FDA authorizations and recommendations. And then once they make their decision, the CDC director has the final say on the guidelines. And if the agency agrees with the FDA, the booster shots could be rolled out as soon as this weekend. Then, you know how in the US there's a job crunch and employee shortage? Well, seemingly in an attempt to address that, we saw yesterday the Wisconsin Senate approving a bill that would allow 14 and 15 year olds to work until 11 p.m. on some days of the week. This because currently, according to the law, 14 and 15 year olds can only work until 
until 9 p.m. from June 1st to Labor Day and until 7 p.m. for the rest of the year. However, if this bill goes through, they'll be able to work until 9.30 on school nights and 11 p.m. on weekends or breaks. But before you put on that uniform or that apron, there is an asterisk here. Kids can't actually work more hours per week, just different ones, and this won't apply to businesses with annual revenues of over half a million dollars. Right, so this is specifically aimed to help kind of the mom and pop shops. And actually, in addition to addressing the ongoing worker shortage, this is being framed as a way to help small businesses stay open during the summer tourist season, right? Especially during those months, it can be hard to find staff, and sometimes the only staff you do have legally can't work after a certain time. And as far as where the parties stand on this, you have Republicans in support of it, Democrats opposing it, one Democratic senator saying kids should be doing their homework, being in school instead of working more hours. But both legislative chambers are pretty overwhelmingly Republican, which would make you think that it's an easy pass. However, the governor, Tony Evers, is a Democrat. So he might veto it, he might not. We'll have to wait to see. But with this, I do want to know your thoughts. Or when you hear this news, are you in favor of it? You think, yes, we gotta do it or no. Are you against it? Do you think it's a dangerous precedent? Why, why not? Let me know. Then in international news, we saw tens of thousands of South Korean workers rallying across the country in 13 different cities to demand a minimum wage hike and better working conditions for irregular workers. With the largest rally being in Seoul, where at least 27,000 people turned out despite a ban on rallies under the city's strict COVID-19 social distancing regulations. With many of the protesters there sporting squid game costumes because for many South Korean workers, the show's premise hit too close to home. Well, yes, the minimum wage hike is a big part of this, one of the biggest things is hours. South Koreans are among the most worked people in the developed world. Right, to compare and contrast, the country with the fewest hours worked a year is Germany at 1,332. Americans on average, that's 1,767 hours. And for South Korea, it is 1,908. In fact, they are so overworked that the government had to introduce plans for a 52-hour work week down from a 68-hour work week. Now, currently, it's unclear if the government there is going to take this issue up, but if they don't, this could have massive implications for the upcoming election. Irregular workers make up 36.4% of all salaried workers. That is a meaningful voting block, but for now, we're gonna have to wait and see. But y'all, ultimately, that is where this story and today's show ends. Of course, whether it be this one, the first one, anything in between, I'd love to know your thoughts in those comments down below. Thank you for watching, and as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces, and I'll see you next time.